0: To the Grow Indian Grace podcast with the soothing voices of Mike Kepler and Joel Brizeke. <laughs> oh, you. Yes. This brings back memories.
1: <laughs> hi, hi, how y'all doing <laughs> out there?
0: Cap, you and I, we <laughs> I just had to do this. We have talked about Bill Pierce and Night Sounds. to show that used to be on the radio years ago. The soothing sound. And I remember him as, as having kind of a deep voice. It's probably not as deep as what I thought it was, but it is deep, somewhat deep, and it's very soothing. Here's, here's what he sounds like.
1: I wonder how many of you, when you go to bed tonight, like to leave a light on somewhere.
0: Okay. Well, I'll stop yeah, that. But
1: leave a, I, I kept waiting for Charlton Heston
0: to <laughs> pop up with that music. But. <laughs> But you, so we've talked about this Bill Pierce and Night Sounds before, and I came across this on YouTube, and I said I gotta do this. I just gotta do this, and I played it for my wife yesterday too. I said, "Remember this?" and I started playing that music, and she said, "Oh, oh, that's Night Sounds," and she and she was explaining to my daughter how it was that soothing voice that she used to go to bed to because he had so many. It was just a nice, calm, soothing voice, and he was a, he talked about. Uh, the things of Christ, and I think it wasn't really from a very legalistic point of view at all, just being a very helpful and very inspirational person, and I came across this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it was unique, Joel, because like you said, it wasn't really dogmatic, it was just an encouragement, and uh, I mean, to me, the reason I liked him is because, to me, Bill Pierce and Night Sounds was the opposite of coffee. No,
0: (laughs) yeah, Mr. Capley here doesn't, he's the anti-coffee if there ever was one i don't know how you and i could even be friends and so you know the other day i don't know if you saw it someone all someone mentioned that um you're a cubs fan and i'm a cardinals fan so you don't like coffee i love coffee you're a scrubs fan i'm a cardinals fan how does this thing even work with us doing this i know i know it i know it's like james and paul here practically <laughs> exactly <laughs> There but for the grace of God we go. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that was Night Sounds. So if you've ever heard us talking about Bill, Bill Pierce and Night Sounds, that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> Excellent stuff.
1: Well, uh, Joel, let's, uh, let's just talk here. Um, I, you know, as, as we were getting ready to, to uh, sit down and record, I said, Joel, I, I don't want this. You know, back in our radio days, there was kind of an ongoing joke. Where uh, we we had something called the super spiritual button. <laughs> right. Um, now Joel and Remember I that. weren't on the morning show together, but my co-host was, and we always had this super spiritual button. I don't I don't even think we had a sound effect for it. We just we just went eh. <laughs> the super spiritual and, and, button. And we we would do that whenever somebody got you know overly religious. Uh, we called it super spiritual.
0: Because you guys so, on on the radio on the morning show, you were just talking about stuff you know you were just having fun talking about stuff not oh necessarily, yeah well, it wasn't real religious not, no. not yeah and then all of a sudden one of you would start getting into something and think eh, you know you're getting <laughs> hit the super spiritual button <laughs> that was fun those are fun yeah, days that was funny and and so
1: i told joel i said i i don't want to i don't want to hit the super spiritual button here but why don't, why don't we get on and this is based on some discussion we had earlier this morning before we came on, but I, I said, why don't we why don't we just do this? Let's just go on and let's just talk about our life, Joel's and mine, in Christ, how we came to where we are, and, and talk about the Holy Spirit's involvement in all of this. And we've got some ideas on where this might go, but we're kind of also leaving it in, in his court a little bit as to where this leads, because we, we don't want to... Put the cart ahead of the horse and get into something that that the lord may want us to hold off on so uh,
0: <laughs> you're getting super spiritual there, and you said you didn't want to stop <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay so but i get you i
0: get you i hear you man speak, speaking
1: of differences joel's uh, upbringing as as a young child was, was different from mine uh, in relation to our our spirituality our christianity our belief systems. Um, we have some similarities too, I think, as we got older, but and ultimately our our roads intersected into grace back in 1994, uh, where Joel and I met through radio. But, um, when, when I was a a young child, Joel, I, I I did believe in God. I did believe in Jesus. I had a picture of Jesus on my wall. It was a pretty cool looking thing too. It was like a 3d thing. And (laughs) anyways, hanging on the cross. And, um, I'd never read a Bible, Uh, I had some uh, minor church exposure, but my parents weren't really uh, regular attenders, so that wasn't a really big part of my life at all. Uh, Most of the time we didn't go, Um, but there was some um, background there. Having said that, somebody uh, that I knew, that I was close with, had come into uh, the saving knowledge of Jesus and began to share that message with me, and I was right around the age of 10. Um, and they prayed with me and it was at that time that I came to realize the the reality of the living Jesus. Um, I just knew it And, and I can't sit here and try to explain it to you because it goes even beyond my understanding. It's just something that takes place within the heart of a person. And, um, that's when I began after that is when I began to start doing bible reading. <laughs> mm-hmm. And unfortunately, even even because of the person who led me to the Lord, God bless their heart for for exposing me to Jesus, right? Um, but they, from wherever they were coming from, they, they kind of left me with a, a works-based mentality right away by saying, well, if, if you sin or you mess up now, here I am just a kid, right? But if you make a mistake, just ask God to forgive you again, and he'll forgive you. So there was going to be this repeated forgiveness factor. I went uh, two to three miles downtown in the town that I lived. We walked downtown. That's where the Christian bookstore was. Walked down there, <clears throat> picked up some books, discipleship discipleship books or whatever and brought those home and and those were also very works-based legalistic oriented and and so i had all this kind of going on i as i began to pick up the bible to 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 read it and so I, i read it a lot over many years um i mentioned in my book 10 chapters a day for much of that time until i didn't do it anymore but i was reading through it and reading through it i didn't understand a lot of what i was reading and what i was reading Uh, I began to assume a lot of things that ended up not being true, Um, and that's the way it can work for a lot of people, no matter what their background. And so um, I I just wanted to point out, though, in all of this, I had never read the Bible before, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I came to Jesus, and that was by the ministry of the Spirit of God. You know, we mentioned the Philippian jailer a few weeks ago, um, how— The the, the Christian, uh, the the believers got out of prison, the the angels let him out. He knew he was in trouble with his superiors, and he looked at them and he said, what must I do to be saved? And we made a different point a few weeks ago. The point I'll make today with him is that somehow, as a Gentile man who maybe, maybe had no religious background, um, or we don't know, but it's possible, he, he knew within his heart he needed to be saved. There was something, somebody who had influenced him within his heart that he needed salvation, and that was the case with me too. And and the the motivation behind that, of course, uh, is the spirit of God. hmm Right. I yeah. mean, he, he's he's the one who communicates these things to people. Um, you mentioned um, in in the book of John uh, a few weeks ago during our. Law Abolished series, how the, the Spirit of God will convict the hearts of people because they don't believe. Uh, his job is to help people believe.
0: Right, yeah, and I, you know, speaking of that, uh, what you were just talking about, I was thinking about my background, too, and how I was raised in a church family uh, with a pastor, dad, and, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an evangelical, it was probably more of a, like a social gospel-based church. Um, I got some good things out of it and everything, and I, I, ever since I can remember, I've always believed in Jesus. I've always believed in God. I didn't know a whole lot about him, but there was something, I believe, but I didn't know a whole lot about him. Uh, there was no talk um, in our church about being saved, about being born again, uh, about the supernatural, about the Holy Spirit in that way. Uh, it, there was just nothing that, but yet there was something in me, and I didn't necessarily see this in the rest of my family, um, although I think they're all believers. But um, in one way or another, but I, uh, there was something in me that I knew I needed to be saved. I knew that there was something that I needed, e- even though I wasn't hearing that message in church. I was. I knew there was something, and so I would, as a, I remember as a teenager, I would just talk to to God, I knew that I wasn't living right, so to speak, and I just, I, I knew that there was something, but I didn't know what, or how, or anything, how it would happen, I just asked Jesus if he would come into my heart, um, I don't even know what, what words I used, but it was, it was that type of thing, and uh, eventually, it was, uh, it was a specific date, January 7th, 19, or, uh, yeah, January 7th, 1992, suddenly just, my life changed. And I, it, it was, it, again, I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't trying to get saved. In fact, I was living my life as as usual because I kind of, I would think, yeah, I need to be saved. I need my life to change. But I would kind of give up on the idea because I couldn't do it. And then suddenly, you know, almost 30 years ago, or just over 30 years ago, um, this, th- this year, uh, it changed. Everything was my life just got flipped, turned upside down, and I didn't become the prince of a town called Bel Air, but my life definitely did turn around, and it was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't, uh, and, and so I do want to say that while we're saying this, we're not knocking uh, the scriptures, we're not knocking uh, the writings of the Old Testament or the New Testament, we're not knocking any of that. We're just saying that there's a, there, uh, sometimes we rely on things, re- on on written Things rather than uh, the Holy Spirit, because it wasn't those written things that saved either one of you and I. It wasn't the Bible that saved us. It was the whole. It was the Holy Spirit witnessing and doing things in and through us, through which we came to believe in Christ. And just real quickly, too, I have a friend, the friend who um, kind of would, in some of my teenage years, share some things with me about Christ. Um, he. Told me about he how he had come to Christ. He was self-centered, self-absorbed, um, not really caring about anybody else except himself. And then one time he was on a on a highway somewhere, heading out of town, going somewhere. And somebody had he he pulled over to help somebody that was having car problems. And he was was thinking to himself, Why am I doing this? I don't do this. I don't. I don't help people, but he helped them, and um, they went on their way, and he knew that something in him was different, and then and he had no thoughts about Christ or anything like that, no thoughts about that at all, and then um, things like that just kept happening, and eventually, through meeting some people who told him about Jesus, he realized that that was Christ, that was the Holy Spirit, even though he wasn't pursuing Christ, he wasn't Trying to uh, figure out how to get close to God, he wasn't reading the Bible, he wasn't doing anything. Just the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of his life like that, and uh, and that's how he came to Christ. So, the Holy Spirit, uh, we we put so much stock in in the written scriptures, and and I understand that they're there for a reason. The Old Testament was there for a reason, and the New Testament scriptures were written by by people who were trying to convey what they knew about the gospel and other things and uh but really it's the work of the holy spirit that is the thing that uh it like you say convicts the world of sin that's what jesus said it wasn't it, it didn't say that the law would convict the world of sin jesus said the holy spirit would come and convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me and then um he would convict the world of righteousness because he goes to the Father. And that's because he died on the cross and rose again. And that's how justification happened. But anyway, the whole point here is that uh, don't knock what the Holy Spirit's doing <laughs> uh, in, in, in favor of relying solely on what's written down.
1: Yeah, we can fall into the same trap that the, uh, the the Jewish people did, especially the hypocritical Jewish people, the Pharisees and such, where they they seem to you know put the scriptures, uh, which would have been the Old Testament scriptures, on on a pedestal. Uh, th- they were the authority, right? And um, and yet, Jesus told them that uh, you, you need to be careful about. Placing those writings above the person to whom they bear witness, you see, because the writings can't give you life. They can't give you life. Right. Think about that. That's what this whole thing is really about. It's moving from death to life. The scriptures couldn't do that, but they pointed to the one who could. And that's what he was saying to the, to the Jewish people. You, you know, you, you put all this emphasis on the scriptures and yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Um, the scriptures testify of Jesus, the person. And Jesus said before he was getting ready to go, he told his disciples, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, uh, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And, and so I think we just want to go with this here a little bit and make sure that we're not um, underestimating the Spirit of God in our lives because sometimes it's not a conscious thing. It's not something that's mentally... Uh, discerned or, or understood that that takes place in your life when it comes to truth being revealed and, and various things in even in your everyday life. So I'm looking forward to talking more about this and, and finding out where it's going to lead us, Joel.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty. I know we've you and I, we've had plenty of thoughts on this between ourselves for, uh, for years. And so we will see where this all takes us, but hopefully this has been encouraging, um, at least for this week, to remember that the, the Holy Spirit is, is your guide. The Holy Spirit is in you, and um, you can trust and rely upon the work of the Holy Spirit. Even, even if you can't figure it out, even if you don't know what's going on, He's in there. He's, he's in you. He's working, and it's, all, and it's all good. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various Internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.